Well, good Saturday morning, everybody. It is the 18th of December, and my title today is There Is Always Hope for Us. I remember when I was in the throes of my sexual brokenness and addiction, I always wanted to end the year well and hopefully carry some momentum over into the new year. But add to that the pressure of being a senior pastor with a myriad of extra responsibilities, parties to attend, and yet sincerely wanting to honor my Lord out of respect for his birth, it was usually a flight with quite a bit of turbulence. I imagine some of you might feel that way as well. Christmas is honoring the birth of our Savior, the fulfillment of centuries of prophecies, about the coming of the Messiah. It was the greatest moment in history since Adam and Eve were evicted from Eden. Plus, given the centuries of Israel getting to the promised land and maintaining it against continuously mounting foes, the Messiah was to be the answer to all their problems, even if it meant overthrowing Rome and ending Rome's control over these helpless Jews. So they longed for the Messiah, the Christ, who would liberate them from suffering under any number of tyrants who had conquered this small nation. I don't know, perhaps it was 170 miles of beachfront property on the Mediterranean Sea, or the fertile lands in which there were places to grow food. I read in History.com this morning, quote, Around 722 B.C., the Assyrians invaded and destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel. In 568 B.C., the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem and destroyed the first temple, which was replaced by a second temple in about 516 B.C. However, for the next several centuries— the land of modern-day Israel was conquered and ruled by various groups, including the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, Arabs, Fatimids, Seljuk Turks, Crusaders, Egyptians, Malmaluks, Islamists, and others, end quote. That adds up to about 13 different nations ruling over Israel at some time. And then there came 400 years of silence when God stopped speaking to his bride and he let them suffer the results of their sins. Sure, there were some good times when good kings like David and Solomon were ruling, but on December 25th, a Savior was born in Bethlehem. The Christ had arrived, albeit arriving in a much smaller package than expected. However, this arrival of the Messiah was rumored, uh, causing many firstborn sons to be put to death by a fearful king, Herod the Great, or not so great as the case proved to be. Ironically, uh, his death was exasperated 
by gangrene of the genitalia. But I digress. So this King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, is now wrapped in swaddling clothes and resting in a manger. This child was the hope of Israel. Although after weighing in at four pounds, three ounces, uh, and with about a six-inch arm length, it seemed more like a tiny, light featherweight than Israel's expected deliverer to be. So they underestimated who this baby was and the power he truly had and the deliverer he would certainly become. However, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords uh, was experiencing life as a human being, just like we do, with all the limitations we have, yet with great power, which he will show at later dates. So what hope can we draw from this annual reminder we call Christmas? Well, I want to read you a passage out of Hebrews 4, where we read, quote, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. We can have hope because Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, was tempted in every way that he could be tempted, just like you and I are tempted in every way that we can be tempted. And he empathizes with what we're feeling and going through. He relates to our temptations and suffering and cares that these things are in our lives. Does that include him being tempted with sexual sin? Well, I think that would fall under the, quote, tempted in every way just as we are, end quote. Yet we're told he did not sin. Jesus had to deal with sexual temptation but he always remained pure and he knows what it's like when we're tempted. He was holy and yet did not have a sinful nature and having to deal with the lust that we have developed. Now also notice the very next verse in this passage, quote, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we might receive and find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. You know, we can have hope because he knows what we're going through. And so when we're beaten down and tired of fighting this battle, Jesus says, hey, come here, come to my throne of grace, lift your head up, come with confidence. We do not need to come in fear of judgment like a dog with its tail between its legs, fearing what his master might do. Instead, we are told to come with confidence, boldness, because we're going to receive mercy and we're going to find grace to help us in our time of need. However, that is not when we normally approach his throne, right? We tend to come to him late in the process of temptation 
We come after we have fallen instead of before. Then we must come with remorse over our sin instead of seeking his help during or even before our sinful choice has been made. Do you ever wonder why that's the case? Instead of seeking preemptive help from him and taking the way of escape he promised, well, we fall again. Shame becomes our sidekick for a time, and we feel we must remain isolated so nobody really knows how we're doing. And we simply say, I'm fine. That mask gets put back in place and nobody except Jesus and his Holy Spirit truly knows what is really going on in your life. Listen, Jesus was tempted. Jesus understands what it is like. Jesus sits and waits on his throne for us to come to him with confidence so that he can help us with the temptation by being connected to him, filled with his spirit, and being on a team of other believers who will stand and fight with us. A lone sheep is a dead sheep. God bless you, my friends. Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters in 180 Ministries. I pray that you would help us today to walk in purity, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be putting on the full armor of God and staying connected with other believers, especially before we become tempted. Amen. This is John Doyle with 180 Podcast. God bless you, my friends. Take care. And we'll talk again on Monday. Goodbye.